0: Welcome back to Turn the Volume Up Podcast. I'm your host, Suze, and I'm bringing a little bit of a different episode to you today. I promised myself coming into 2022 that I would bring more behind the scenes, more vulnerability, more of life and what's happening in life while we are in pursuit of our big business goals. And I just think it's really important for us to know that life is always happening always happening it doesn't stop it doesn't stop you know depending on uh, what goals we're trying to chase after and a couple of weeks ago I had a life-changing milestone that happened in my life and I as tragedy often does it opened up a beautiful, door of opportunity and I want to share with you today this and what happened and a couple weeks ago I was headed out on a date night with my uh, oldest son. I do date nights with both of my kids once a month. We go to the chiropractor, we go have a meal together, their choice, and we were headed out and I received a text message from my dad that said, I have bad news. Can you call me? And I was two minutes from my house. I turned the car around. My son was wondering what's going on. And I said, hey, we just need a minute. And I knew that it was not going to be good for him to send me that text. And so I went into the house, sat down. My husband came and sat next to me and I called my dad and he was crying. And he let me know that my sister had she had passed away. She unexpectedly had passed away. And I'm going to share what happened because I I know that there's always a curiosity and I have had people ask me. And um, it's such a freak accident that when we got the autopsy report, it almost just made it even more heartbreaking. Now, my sister is older than me, was. She was 12 years older than me. Um, And she was just such a lovely person. I mean, sweet little southern accent just a kind kind person really creative she loved When I was a little girl, I remember her cross stitching um, and she had built a business. She had an Etsy business uh, making journals. And anyways, long story short, the autopsy came back that that it was accidental drowning. She was in the bathtub and she slipped and she fell and hit her head. It knocked her out and she drowned. Such a freak accident, which honestly was just so heartbreaking to us because this happens 100 times a year. I mean, the chances are just so slim. And such a tragedy for our family. So unexpected. And I just was in shock. Now, one of the things that can happen when you have young kids, and I'm sure anybody out there that has young kids can relate to this, oftentimes we start, we have a lot of conversations with family, but they end up being very interrupted. And what's happened over the years is that my conversations with family have gotten pretty shallow because we're usually working in a small time limit a beautiful door opened from this tragedy and the door that opened was one for my dad and i to really reconnect and start going deeper again and one of the things that i made sure that i was doing and every single day after we got this news was checking in on my dad to make sure that he was okay nobody expects to outlive their children and so i would call him every day and we would have conversations um and those conversations just started going deeper and deeper and I just didn't realize how much of that I missed in my life and as I made arrangements to travel back to North Carolina this is where I was born and raised until the age of 15 I had a brilliant idea um I thought wouldn't it be so cool to have my dad on the podcast Now, let me just tell you a little bit about my dad. He's 84 years old, but he's had an incredible life. He started out as a biology teacher, and he then went on to work most of his career with the American Federation of Teachers. He was a union organizer and representative, and he basically helped to organize the first teachers union in North Carolina. My dad has always had a heart for helping others and for getting behind a cause and a mission and whether you believe in unions or not, I just, I look at this and say, anybody that's leading the charge and standing in their truth is just so inspiring to me. And um, when when he started with American Federation of Teachers, they had 170,000 members. And when he left, they had 1.2 million members. So he was with them through incredible growth. Today, he let me know that they have about 2 million members. Now, I want you to know that this type of career came with sacrifices my dad traveled Monday through Friday. So I didn't have the normal relationship that most people have with their family. Um and so my dad calculated that he spent 5200 nights sleeping in hotels during his career and that he ate 15300 meals on the road and I can tell you after just one week of being in a hotel in North Carolina I don't know how the hell he did it, because it's just such a sacrifice to not feel like you're ever at home. My dad was always home on the weekends, and he always did an incredible job of making sure that he was connecting with his kids and spending time with them. And because of that, I believe that that's really what planted the seeds for us to have the close relationship that we have today, despite the fact that it wasn't a traditional you know, seven-day-a-week relationship. Now, another cool thing about my dad is he had planned to retire at 55 because of the divorce that he had with my mom. He was not actually able to do that. And he ultimately did retire at 59 and a half. And when we were talking about this, he told me that the best revenge in life is a well lived life. And he was not going to let himself get sidelined from getting out from, you know, starting the second half of his life. And he has always been such an inspiration for me about what is possible and that it's always possible for us to reinvent ourselves. After my dad retired from his career with the American Federation of Teachers, he became a published author. And it was so cool to spend time with him and actually talk about marketing and client attraction and things like that. But he has always continued to learn. And one of the things that I've always really admired about my dad is the way he embraces the duality of him and of life. And just to give you a picture, my dad loves football. He used to sit and watch the Carolina Panthers while he would quilt. He was the only man in the Quilters Guild. He loves watercolors and he just loves being creative, but he also loves telling stories. So it's been really cool to watch him model for me that we're never too old. We are never too old to try the things and do the things that we want to do in life. The biggest thing that left an impression on me about my dad growing up is that people would always comment about what a great conversationalist he is and how great he was at making people feel so seen. And it's something that I always tried to study in him and figure out how I could do that in my own life. And I'm just so thankful that I had him to model that for me. And so that is why I knew that he would be an incredible, an incredible guest to have on the podcast. He is a student of life. And when I asked him to record this podcast episode for me, I thought this will be a great challenge for him and it'll take his mind off of the tragedy of losing a child. But I didn't realize how incredible this episode was going to be and what a piece of history it was going to be for our family. And as we were recording it, I had a thought where I was like, gosh, if nobody listens to this podcast episode, which, by the way, would be such a miss because it's so good. This is a slice of history that I will have forever—a documented, deep conversation with my dad where he shares six profound lessons on success, failure, and living an authentic life. And so I hope that you will listen intently today. I don't think that you need to take notes. But I hope that you will enjoy this deep conversation as much as I did. And feel free to reach out to me and share which lesson you loved the most, which lesson resonated for you the most. So without further ado, here's my dad, Jerry Byram. All right. It is so interesting to discover your parents in your adult life. And I have to say that this is one of those moments where I'm like, you and I might be cut from the same cloth, dad, because weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I thought it'd be really cool to have my dad on the podcast, you know, different kind of guests. This is a show for entrepreneurs, but you've been an entrepreneur in your life. You've done a lot of things in your 84 years. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And uh, you accepted that invite. And uh, just moments before we sit down to record this podcast episode, my dad has a piece of paper with his content for today, ready to go. And he even made a copy for me so I could be nice and prepared. And I told him that I wanted a surprise element today. So um, I ultimately, though, I'm cracking up on the inside because this is a move that I would do. I feel like I have to have everything planned out. Let me make sure that I have my notes, my talking points. Um, so just cracking up about the uh, parallel there between the two of us. So as as you know, um, we're going to be talking about the six profound lessons that you've learned in your lifetime over 84 years. And I think that we, if we're paying attention, our elders have a lot of wisdom to share with us. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast episode because you're one of the most grounded humans that I've known in my lifetime. So I'm excited to have you here on the podcast and do this episode with you.
1: I am equally excited, and it is such an upside down experience because it's when you asked me a couple of weeks ago about this, I thought, oh my goodness, it, I've been given a homework assignment <laughs> by my daughter. And I thought, what a reversal. But it's such a wonderful time, and it's a wonderful experience to be able to share with your worldwide listening uh, uh, audience uh-huh. i understand from looking at the work that you've done that you are sharing many important things with many interesting people across the globe mm-hmm People who are uh, open to making changes in their life, Mm -hmm. uh, learning new lessons, things like that. Yes. So so when you gave that, uh, that challenge to me, I thought, oh, boy, I'd never thought of how do you organize the, you know, six profound lessons because yes. there are so many.
0: Well, it makes you really think about it because I'm sure you have a lot of lessons from over the year. But when I find that if you can really boil it down, you get this concentrated framework that's based on your experiences and, and your pathway and your successes, but also your failures. We talk about failures a lot around here. And so um, I would love for you to share. And so I told my dad, I said, I just want a surprise element. I, I haven't even really skimmed the sheet. But uh, why don't you kick us off with the first profound lesson um, that you've learned in your life?
1: Well, the first profound lesson, I I think, in in fact, I tried to think, how do you put these in order? Um, And actually, lessons in life, I think, sometimes are discovered in all kinds of ways, at all kinds of ages, stages, whatever. But this particular one helped it really grabbed me when I first heard the 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 little story that I'm going to share with you. it It comes from a Sunday school lesson or a Sunday school environment. Now, this is church school., right. you know, kids go to their house of religion and and um, and study things. So uh, the, the Sunday school teacher wanted to challenge her class, and she posed the question to the class and the this class as i understand it were it was a group of fifth graders
0: mm-hmm.
1: so the question that she posed was why did god create time and the class grew silent and then a little uh, a little girl raised her hand and said god created time to keep everything from happening at once Hmm. when I first heard that story I I was silent because I thought what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So I got to thinking about it and if if we really look at it we find out that time is the universal currency, it is God's currency, the, the creator's currency. So it is the one thing that equalizes all 7 billion people on the planet today. Mm-hmm. We all have the same amount of mm. time, which entrepreneurs are very aware of. Yes. That time, you know, how can I get more of it or whatever? Well, you can't. We all have the same amount. So it's the common denominator of all human beings. We can be tall, short, wide, thin, whatever. So, a quote that I came across uh, is by Cesar Pavese. Mm-hmm. He was an Italian novelist and poet. He said this, we do not remember days, we remember moments. Mm-hmm. So, out of a week, we have 168 hours. Maybe We have just taken a ten or fifteen thousand dollar cruise around the world, or or two weeks at uh, Mm -hmm. Disney World, or another Uh popular theme park. You cannot remember a week; you can remember moments. Yeah. So it's 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 this time element made me realize that. That is how we spend life, mm. at 168 hours a week. So we have the same number of hours that Warren Buffett has, Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, anybody, our favorite heroes, celebrities, we all have the same amount. Now, another wonderful quote that I think is so important, uh, it comes from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. He was a German playwright back in the seventeen hundreds. He said this nothing is worth more than this day. Yeah. This day. You cannot live yesterday. Tomorrow is still beyond your reach. Yes. Our reach. And and, and you would you would agree with that as I'm sure your listeners would too. Yeah. So we we start out if you start out with a With the idea of sort of remaking ourselves, to me, being aware and conscious of time and how we use it is sort of the first step. Yes, It's like, okay, I've got this time. What do I now do with it? Which sort of takes us to the second lesson that, that I put is to learn to love yourself.
0: Mm. Well, before we get into learning to love yourself, yeah. I want to talk about this for a second because it's, I, I talk about this a lot in my coaching is, you know, we have the same, I have the same amount of time as Sarah Blakely, as The Rock, as, you know, whatever six, uber successful person out there, Warren Buffett, that you want to look at. And, and so that I do believe is the difference between the most successful people in the world is the way people spend. Their time and time is a limited currency. So I am at a, yep. a point in life, and you know, we go through different phases. We go through phases when we're young and scrappy and trying to get into the arena where money is the most important currency and we'll give up time for it. But I'm living in a season of life where time is my most valuable currency. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I love this as a profound lesson because it's true. It's something that I wish that I would have wrapped my head around so much sooner. Um, because uh, it's you don't get it back, you know you don't get it back at all. And I know you also put on here the quote "Seize the day." Oh my gosh, that that is one of my favorites. Seize the day and carpe diem, yep. um, because it tells us like with the time that we have what are we going to do with it are we going to waste it away on the scroll hole of instagram or you know watching gossip television which listen i know that's a guilty pleasure for a lot of people or you know, are we going to be present for the moments that are in front of us right now? And you brought up a very good point about the past and the future. The past usually holds a lot of regret for people, and the future um, holds a lot of anxiety and worry for people. And when we're in the present, we get to just be here now. We don't have to live in those other zones, and that's really, honestly, where the magic is. So. I, I love that as a lesson before you get into the next one.
1: Well, that, that is so true, Susan. Uh, and the summary is that, as you said, um, the anxiety of the future, the regrets of the past, it, it's like don't spend today, Yeah. you know, reaching for those two extremes mm-hmm. that you can't touch. Yeah. And so the opportunity is enjoy the day now, enjoy this day.
0: Yeah, so lesson lesson two.
1: Okay, so lesson two. Uh, and, and you said something else that I think is so important, uh, Susan, and that is, oh, I wish I had learned that when I was 13, or I wish I had picked that up when I was in kindergarten okay. or whatever. Uh, and I think we all do. We wish we could go back and, and do this all over again. In fact, I wish I could go back and... Learn lesson two much earlier than I did, which is, learn to love yourself. Do not let the world define you. Mm-hmm. The world tries to define us by how we look,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what we wear, what we eat, where we shop, the vehicle we drive, the house we live in, I mean, all of the external. The world is constantly trying to shape that for us. Here's the danger point. If the world takes over your life, you'll end up not recognizing yourself. You might not even like yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've you, we've, I've been there. We've witnessed it yeah. within ourselves and seen it with, a, among many of our, our friends and mm-hmm. associates. So you're the one who gets to define yourself. Mm-hmm. We are. Um, and we get to set our standards. And I have an example of that. Um, Through the years, I've worked with a number of different people, and I remember one woman in particular. um, if, If she was the one person in my work environment who looked misshapen and ill put together in the mornings it was her mm. uh, I'm going to give her the name of Doris okay that's a different name yeah from who right, she right. really was but everything about her spoke kind of out of order or a little bit disorganized she was always neat and clean all of that but not the celeb type you know right with lots of glitz and sparkle, she didn't have that. That didn't seem to bother her at all. Mm. Whenever we would have group meetings, team meetings, project meetings, didn't matter what it was, her ideas were the ones that shone through everything else. You could, you could see that other people in the room, uh, you know, kind of might struggle with the challenge that had been presented to us. But her thinking was the beauty of her, mm. and she, and from that, her ideas. She had the ultimate confidence. Mm. She was not, uh, she was not uh, uh, arrogant or swagger, but she was a very humble person. Mm-hmm. When she contributed to a group, everyone listened mm. because they knew that Doris had something inside that. Um, a lot of the rest of us didn't have we hadn't reached that level so this was a person that's like on the outside she you could come up with reasons why she should feel uncomfortable right she should feel ill at ease she should feel insecure and she didn't feel any of those things and it was the beauty of her ideas and That was the one person it set me thinking that what is so different about her than all the other people, the swirl around her, that she was, she was there on her own terms. Mm. I could tell some of the rest of us hadn't reached that point yet. We were there kind of straightening our new jacket and, you know, we were conscious of our new jacket. Doris was conscious of what was inside. Yeah. her Her ideas.
0: It's so interesting too, that you could almost palpate that that it was like uh
1: yeah.
0: you know you sometimes come across people that have like that fake confidence you know, or that's like yeah for, they're dressed to the nines from top to bottom, but you can tell that they're you know their're their body posture is a little slumped or that they're they're not a hundred percent comfortable in their skin and I think that there's a lot of people out there I'm glad that there's a Uh, there's a lot of people out there like that. And so I'm glad that over the last, you know, five years, we've, we're seeing this self-love culture that we're actually talking about, because Mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot of people grew up, you know, with the idea that that's, it's braggy or show, you know, chauvinistic to to love yourself, you know, in that way. But, you know, truly, as you said, when, when you know who you are and, and you love yourself, that will shine bright from the inside out, you know?
1: It it does. That's the thing that will radiate about that person. Mm-hmm. Um it is it is it's almost like I think a daily struggle that people go through in trying to preserve their inner integrity and not let the outside world that is Constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the outside world, the external world is trendy. Mm -hmm. It just trends. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like, am I going to be a person that just trends? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to be a person that has found some um, stable integrity that is, is good for me? Every single day of my life, as opposed to I have to be 95 versions of something that could be exhausting.
0: Oh, my gosh. So exhausting trying to keep up with the trends, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I, I love that as a profound lesson. That's one. That's another one I wish that I had learned so much sooner and that I'm still learning right now, you know? So why don't you lead us into the third lesson then?
1: Okay. The third one, Susan, I think uh, kind of spells out. It's it, it sort of, it, it, it's like, uh, okay, this is really, this homework assignment is really getting serious now. Uh-huh. It's, um, but it, this is one that I think that we have to learn to search and develop and practice our faith. Now I'm not talking about religion okay. or you know a certain denomination or mm-hmm. whatever it could be and in many cases it develops into that but one basic thing from um from psychology is that they have found that behaviors follow beliefs mm-hmm. whatever a person believes Their behaviors usually follow that. Mm -hmm. And there's a quick way to find out what some person's, what their current beliefs and values are. Show me your credit card receipts. Mm -hmm. Show me your checkbook, uh, your business dealings, Um, maybe even some of your social media accounts. And almost anyone can pretty well figure out basic values that you hold true because your behavior will will reflect that.
0: Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's a really good.
1: It's just, it's an indicator. It's a strong indicator. Now, think about this. Uh, Probably the greatest panic that people experience today is to get ready for work, you know, the, the, the Mr. And, and Ms. Entrepreneur gets ready for work. They dash out the door. They're in their vehicle, catch the commute, whatever. They discover they don't have their phone. Mm. They panic. It's like, like, how can I exist without the phone? Right. And so, you know, they, they dash back. They got to get the phone. I learned that we really should panic if we go out the door unprepared for the day to meet the whole world and we don't have a belief system intact. Yes. In other words, it's like if somebody stopped me on the sidewalk and said, "Hey man, what what, what do you believe? What's the thing that's going to keep you mm-hmm. guided today?" It's almost like I would freak out if I if I don't have one. Mm-hmm. So it's like don't leave home without your set of values, your beliefs, your Your search for those things. And I don't think that any of these lessons are a a one lesson and it's done kind of thing. It's almost like when our parents uh, told us we needed to go and practice our piano lesson. It wasn't just one time you practice, but these are things that we practice every single day. The awareness of time. You know, love myself. Yeah, like the way I am. I like my nose. My elbow is a little crooked. That's okay. Right. That's me. I'm, right. I'm satisfied with me.
0: Well, and with beliefs, because uh, this is a lot, the foundation of a lot of the work that I teach my uh, entrepreneurs. Beliefs are always changing, and we have to. Uh, the world is constantly telling us what we should believe, which, you know, we talked about in the last lesson. And so, um, this work around values and beliefs is so incredibly important. And I think it's pretty easy for limiting beliefs to creep up on us. Maybe a seed of doubt that somebody else has planted that we took on as our own and then let it turn into a real belief. And um, so just to speak to the constant work that you have to do, we always have to be paying attention to that because as you said earlier, our beliefs drive our actions You know that we take. And I know a few months ago, I got into this mindset as I get older, we don't talk about my age on this podcast cast dad. But okay. as a, but That's a no-no. It, it's a no-no. Okay. But as, as I'm getting older, I've caught myself thinking, I think I've already peaked. You know, maybe maybe like i've got just a couple years left and then people aren't going to want to learn from me as a coach and i realized that that was like some outer world conditioning that i was letting kind of turn into a belief and i had an awareness around it and i was able to stop it because as you can imagine that absolutely would have impacted my action and my business like to start planning that oh okay well i've just got 2 years left to to make a to build my em- Empire here, my entrepreneur empire, um, and then you know you look around and see a proof of other people out there that are you know with age comes wisdom. So, anyways, I couldn't agree more about beliefs.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, the the thing about peaking, uh, Susan, uh, I, I I know exactly what you're saying, uh, and yet I would be the first one to say uh, that. Uh, it's, it's almost like, um, well, it's endless. In other words, learning and, and the, the things that an individual can, can offer to the, to the open world is almost limitless, Mm -hmm. unlimited. Um, In other words, it, it does not have an expiring shelf life, yeah. the things that you learn and can teach. So your learning and teaching can, can go on forever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I told a friend the other day, or rather, he, first he told me, he said, hey, you know, uh, one of the, he said one of the famous coffee uh, establishments in America is now offering uh, fully paid uh, tuition and so forth. And so I did a little calculating and I told him, I said, well, Jim, I said, uh, let's see, I'm 84. I said, you know what? If I could make it to 85, you know, I think I'll become a barista <laughs> and they can pay for my PhD. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's the kind of thinking that we should yes. have. A real entrepreneur does not see the end. Right. They just see unlimited opportunities yes. that they need to go uh, capture and and uh, uh, enjoy.
0: That is the quote of the show today. I like
1: that. <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, speaking of quotes on that, uh, Henry David Thoreau, uh, back in the uh, 1817 American essayist, poet, naturalist, I love this quote from him. He said, the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it and it goes back to, okay, 168 hours. That means 168 living hours. How much of that am I going to exchange for something? Right. So it's, and, and this is where the challenge comes in uh, because it is, um, it, it, it's, It's actually, and this is where values begin to shape up. When people say, okay, I'm willing to trade life with my family in order to make one or two more deals. Mm -hmm. It's like never realizing when enough of something is enough. And later on, uh, one of the other lessons will sort of summarize that up. I will touch back with one more quote. Uh, This comes from Martin Luther uh, King, Jr. He said, I have decided to stick with love. Mm. Hate Hate is too great a burden to bear. Mm. Now, there's one thing basic that the world of psychology has been chasing forever. How many emotions do we really have? Mm. There for a while, there was um, a psychologist, his last name I think is Plutchik. He... Uh, indicated that there are eight basic emotions. Aristotle had identified, I think, about 14. And recently, there's been some research, um, and I didn't didn't have time to really dig into it, where as many as 27 emotions have been identified, human emotions. So the, the question is, it, in the quote that, Martin Luther King Jr. gave, I have decided to stick with love, one of the key emotions. Hate is too great a burden to bear. This is so reflective of Dr. King. He, has, he had apparently searched, developed his faith, his, his, um, his basic beliefs of values, and the way we live out our Our whole structure of values. We do it through our emotions. Mm. So if a person spends half a day in red rage. That's living out half of your day in in the emotion of rage or hate or any of the other destructive uh, emotions. So that lesson is one that is not completed in 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or 10 minutes or on the drive or on the commute to work. This is one that takes, as you have indicated a number of times, quiet time with yourself, Meditation. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a a lesson that develops. Yeah. So that's, that's such a good 30.
0: one. Yeah, that's such a good one. So tell us, drop number four on us.
1: Okay, number four. Okay, this is where it, it gets scary. Okay. <laughs> you said you wanted you wanted a surprise, so okay. <laughs> but you already know about this because. You do all these first three things, you know, you can do these things, these three things quietly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of thinking, meditating, making some common sense decisions. And this is where you say, I'm going to test it out. Mm -hmm. So you're going to learn to share yourself. With the world around you yeah now that's the scary part because everything else is you know it's under my control behind locked doors and windows you haven't let the world in yet but now you're gonna do what Shakespeare kind of captured for all of us in one of his poems as you like it Uh, one of his characters said this all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man or woman plays many parts, his or her acts being seven ages. In this case, Shakespeare was referring to sort of the chronological ages, you know, uh, kids, little Mm -hmm. kids, teenagers, adults, and so forth. Today I think we could take that and apply it to the work you do mm-hmm. that that's a role mm-hmm. a family role mm-hmm. the, uh, a a married role whatever the role in life and whatever it is with other people um, we have a choice to make we're going to do it well or we're going we can be a slacker or we can just you know ha- just half show up mm-hmm. But the most, the people who get the most excitement from life and all of these different roles are the ones who choose to be extraordinary, Mm -hmm. choose to be extraordinary. And it is a choice. Mm, It's not like, oh, well, I wasn't born that way. You know, I didn't have the right parents. Right. It's like we can choose that. So now we have to share our excellence with the world. And this is one thing that I believe, and I know you heard me say this years ago, there will always be a demand for excellence. Mm-hmm. There will always be room at the finish line
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the goal line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's just life out there. I mean, when any entrepreneur can look at the, the landscape right now and see the broad spectrum Of opportunities out there for them, and what they can do is bring that their their excellence. They bring their excellence to that.
0: I remember. I'll say this. I remember when I was a kid talking to you about. You know, I was young, maybe eight, nine, ten, talking about, oh, what will I be when I grow up? And I just remember from the earliest age, you saying to me, "Listen, I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care what it is that you do. Just be the best damn janitor." That there is. Exactly. and And I think that speaks to the excellence that you're talking about right now.
1: It does. Yeah. That captures it, Susan. And a little old lady, well, she was young at one time. Yeah. But she had a glorious career. Her name was Mother Teresa. Uh, okay. <laughs> and she said something that I think is just Profound, especially when we're thinking about stepping out into the world and, and doing something for the world, a product or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. She said, Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Mm-hmm. So once again, you're picking up on whatever values, whatever emotions you want to share with the world and in and, and whatever way you want to deliver it, whether as an entrepreneur, it's a, it's a product, a service. Uh, it, it, it can be delivered in the most wonderful way where people want to come back mm-hmm. to get that same service, that same product from you, that, that same entrepreneur. So, and Mother Teresa... Yeah she started with a bucket and a scrub brush those were her tools yeah. and
0: and she shared her gifts through those tools. And I think I like the way you laid these out, because truthfully, these, the the first three are foundations. You, You really do need to have those foundations in place, I think in life, but especially in the entrepreneurial world before you get to four, because four is hard. It is scary. It's a vulnerable place to be. You know, what if people don't like it? What if they don't like me? Like, you know, what if I'm a failure? All the what ifs that come up for us. Um, whereas, you know, if, if you you it's it's you have to trust you have to get to that point and trust and lean into to the gifts that you have and share them you you can't hide them from the world and i think that that's um such a, a beautiful thing is that if we can all get to the place where we're able to recognize what our unique gifts are and use those then it's it's almost like the success rate's going to be a little bit higher because you're showing up as your authentic self with those gifts.
1: You hit it, yeah. You nailed it right there. It's it's it, discovering those gifts, becoming comfortable with what you are, uh, and then you you feel comfortable sharing with the world as you were speaking it it just triggered something i can honestly say that every new thing that i ever tried uh all through my life i was fearful at first Mm -hmm. it was like like you just said it's like oh goodness what if i fail make a fool of myself in in front of all of these Mm -hmm. people or, or or whatever um So it's, but the first three kind of give you that confidence that, well, I'm going to try it anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think with the word excellence and you saying that it's a choice, it is. But I think what a lot of people want to try to bypass is what happens on the way to excellence, right? We just want to get to the top of the mountain. Like we see like the prize at the top of the mountain, whether it's the label of success or the money or, you know, whatever it is. But it really is everything that happens on the way to excellence, that is, is, is the best part of it. And so many of us try to bypass that, you know, and part of that on the way to excellence is failure.
1: Oh, definitely. I
0: mean, failure. And I know that, you know, you've had a taste of that um, in your lifetime, multiple times over, so have I. Um, And it's honestly the best teacher the best teacher to get to excellence.
1: Oh, oh, Susan, let me write that down. I I like that quote. Failure is the is the best step to get to 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 success. Yeah, because it is because every time that you stumble and fall, you kind of learn to perfect something. Mm-hmm. You learn something from it, and of course, you know nobody wants to say, oh, "Okay, well, let's see if I can fail." You know, everything I do today, All right? But those are, as you say, the strategic turning points, especially for entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs, to me, are the most adventurous people on the face of the earth because they have chosen to launch something themselves Mm -hmm. create something themselves Um, and there are many uh, pigeonholes uh, cookie cutter places that we can plunk ourselves down and be perfectly happy i've occupied some of those before Mm -hmm. and i've also occupied those that that the the success of it, it depended upon, you know, more more of it depended upon me as opposed to just floating along in an agency or a, a bureaucracy mm-hmm. or, or, you know, a bigger institution
0: mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Why don't you drop number five on us?
1: Well, number five is kind of a step uh, away from number four because... number four is is sort of launching yourself into the whole world well number five learn to listen and find inspiration in others and from others. Mm. Because through Lessons number 4, it, it's pretty much, you know, the individual. It's me, me, me. I can do all of this, you know, mm. and I'll share this with the world. But as you mentioned a while ago, uh, sometimes there's the concern. It's like, you know, maybe I need some uh, jumpstart start from some somebody else, or maybe I can't, uh, you know, maybe my, my ideas might grow old. Mm-hmm. So, search for and invite others to travel with you on your journey. Um, when we invite others to join our journey, that's when the fullness of life's experiences began. Mm-hmm it's a big step of trust mm-hmm. because it's like so far you've got this little intact me bubble so to speak yeah. and you and you're in control of it so now all of a sudden it's like do i need a business partner mm. or do i need a life partner mm. so you, you you then start thinking about participating with the bigger world, and you're inviting them into, really, what I consider our vulnerable zones. Uh, Because when you start team building, any kind of collaborations, building a business, building a community, you're going to get so many variables. It's just, it's, it's it's nutty, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know how everybody is going to respond to you. Yeah. But I think if you if we focus on one thing, that has been quoted. It, in fact, the origin of this quote, I'm not sure it can be nailed down. I've tried a number of times, because it's been used by so many people. Mm. Ray Blanchard was an early on influencer, kind of a. a leadership personal Mm -hmm. growth Ray Kroc of McDonald's Warren Buffett in the financial world Steve Jobs I mean what what did I say that would truly uh, honor Steve Jobs and so many others Mm -hmm. but the quote is none of us is as smart or as good as all of us together Mm. so all of these these famous people who have built empires they readily admit that, you know, hey, maybe I had a good idea and maybe I could, you know, carry this thing or really maybe I knew how to sell a five cent cup of coffee for five bucks. But I needed a team oh, yeah. to pull that off.
0: None of them did it
1: alone. They None didn't do it alone.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I have to say I've, you know, I've now scaled two businesses and um, my, you know, coaching business, I... Was trudging along, bootstrapping like I like to do. Um, and this last year I brought on a dream team, you know, and it was crazy to see what was possible. Just a reminder, it's not like that it was crazy. It just was a reminder of what's possible yep. when you bring complementary people um, into a a collaborative, you know, Situation um, where you're tapping into other people's creativity and perspectives and values and beliefs and uh, into their genius, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I mean, I just never want to be a lone wolf again, you know, after having those experiences.
1: Yeah. Well, Susan, I, I, from a, stan- a personal standpoint, I can say that it was exciting to me as a father to observe you do what you just said Mm -hmm. because i saw you as as shakespeare said some of the stages of growing up but to see you as an adult woman in the in the uh very assertive and sometimes can be a, a very uh threatening business world out there to see you Utilize the talents of other people, and and as you said, bring them in as part of building a business, because that's really it. I mean, and and that ability to do that. To, in in fact, I, and I don't remember who said this, but it, I think it's a very a good quote. The the idea of a manager or the idea of an entrepreneur is to get the expertise out of other people and get it into whatever the mission is of a business or service or whatever. Because other people represent a bank of talent. Mm -hmm. And if we let it just, you know, uh, go unused everything is not a do-it-yourself world. Just like you said a while ago, you realized that you were doing so much yourself, and then you thought, hey, I can ratchet it up with yeah. if I have this team.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so true. Well, I love that lesson. So um, what is number six?
1: Number six is, is really keeping the door open. It means never stop learning mm. i don't care how smart someone is how many degrees they have they still don't know everything oh, yeah so it is never too late to be what you might have been that's i love that quote it, that one is going to be number one or two for me <laughs> it is never too late to be what you might have been now that quote was said by a very interesting person george Eliot except George Eliot was not George Eliot. George Eliot was a pen name for a very famous female, Mary Ann Evans.
0: Interesting. She
1: was an English poet, journalist. Uh, She wrote seven novels. Uh, I've read two of her novels, I think. Very good. But she did exactly what the Mm. quote says. In the 1800s, it was unheard of for a woman to even raise her voice. Especially, don't put it on paper and Mm -hmm. you're not going to get published. Mm -hmm. Well, she did it anyway. Uh, She worked with, uh, I I think, some of the members of her family. And she came came up with the pen name. She got it published anyway. Her creativity lives today. Um, So whatever the task is at hand, the job to do... Do it with an extraordinary enthusiasm and passion mm. um, and that that doesn't mean to um uh you know go nuts and be frantic uh, some people uh, some people think uh being passionate about something is is synonymous with being frantic right but I think you can it's be passionate energy. you know direct energy mm-hmm. in an efficient way mm-hmm. is is the way you do it so yeah. So, yeah, it's never too late to be what you might have been. Yeah. You you have
0: lived this. I swear you have modeled this for all of your kids. Um, I mean, you retired early in life. But I remember that you continued to go back to school. I think at one point you even went and took some law classes, you know, some painting classes, then, you, you know, learning how to quilt Um and we were just talking about your book clubs now, tell us how many books you read because you told me that we were talking about this a few weeks ago, and I was blown away in a month.
1: How many books are you reading? Uh, I read about uh about ten books a month mm-hmm. yeah, uh, ten
0: books a month. And you're a published author. I mean, I'll talk about this more in the intro. But you're a published author, and learning now as an adult, you know, as a elder adult, you're learning uh, how to be a better writer, how to tell better stories, and then not only that, how to market yourself. Because we've had a lot of conversations about that since I've been here visiting.
1: Exactly, Susan. And and first of all, let me tell all of your listeners: do not buy the do not buy the books. It, Uh, unless you want to learn something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I say this uh, honestly. I think I mentioned this to you uh, at some point, or or I've told a number of people, I've said, first, don't buy the books, because I made every single mistake a young writer can can make. Mm -hmm. Plus, I invented a few of my own that Mm -hmm. nobody else has made before. So, that did not discourage me, though. I learned from that, and I got a tremendous amount of criticism. Uh, on, on my, what, what I had written and what I had published
0: all probably from people that have never published anything. Right. <laughs> yep, you know, that
1: that's exactly true. But you know what? I listened to them yeah. and I, I learned because yeah. they were part of the market. Yes. It's like, okay, these people can't write a book. Right. They know how to read. Them. Yes. So that's such I, a good attitude so I listened, yeah. uh, you know, to that. I'm hoping this year, uh, well, let me change that. It's not a hope. It's mm. a plan. Uh, Hope is very fickle.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, so, I plan this year to launch a different publishing genre. It'll be uh, crime thrillers, mm-hmm. and I—that's I, my plan for 2022. At 84 years of age, yeah, my creator right. giving me—if my creator gives me the 168 hours a week, as long as my creator provides that. I'm going to utilize that living time to to uh, make a success of the crime thriller, the Well, and
0: you keep paving the way for me because that's a reminder to me that,
1: that
0: I have not reached my peak yet. But no, you know, it, 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 that you know, maybe I never will. And and I do hope in my lifetime that I get to publish a book. Um, and so I I love that, and I love that you have just done such a great job of modeling for us. You know that. And I would love for you to st- to lead us into the seventh. Well, you wait you get you have some bonuses.
1: Well, yeah, I, I you said six, and I thought ah uh, we can't stop with six. Okay. It has to be seven. Look. So I thought I would throw in a bonus. I think there are other people who who can come up with better lessons than these six. <laughs> these six just kind of my offering to uh, to anyone mm-hmm. because i believe if a person has something of value to offer the world it will make the world a better place maybe a little small places kind of like mother Teresa said yeah may not be the biggest thing but it will be the most honest loving thing yeah so lesson number seven is i think the most important one it's a bonus Learn to balance the first six. Mm. Learn to balance life. Um, Throughout a day or a life, maintain a balance. In other words, moderation. Nothing has to be done in extreme. Um, Remember that the first lesson was God created time so that everything would not happen at the same time. Uh-huh. Well, what do many entrepreneurs do? They try to make everything happen at the same time. Yeah. I will bet you that you've got some entrepreneurs who are listening today, and they are they are are rushing to cover up their calendar and their schedule, afraid that you or I are going to somehow mysteriously look in on it because they have not practiced moderation. Right. Most
0: of us don't because we feel like we have to build the business overnight.
1: That's it. Yeah. You hit it right there. It's this need to, to go ahead and get it done. Mm-hmm. But part of getting it done is something you said earlier. It's the experience and excitement all in between. Mm-hmm. That that getting to the goal, once you get the goal, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So enjoy what it took to get there. And Henry David Uh, Thoreau, once again, he summed up the whole thing of the balance of life, the moderation, with a one-word quote. And that quote is, simplify. Mm -hmm. That's it. It doesn't need a lengthy explanation. Just simplify your 168 hours per week.
0: I just recently was posting and talking about this actually on Instagram that I used to think that i had to make myself sick or you know or halfway to death to earn the paycheck to earn the success yeah. and i realized that some of that was modeled for me as a child not so much by you but you know you you were you did travel during the week oh, but yes. um what i what i you know, I'm really leaning into in this phase of life is simplifying and almost experimenting and just trying to debunk the hustle hard culture to prove that you can actually simplify and be strategic with that and work less. In fact, my goal this year, I don't even think I've proclaimed this yeah. to you, is to make more money while working less. And I know the way to do that is. To simplify, to keep it simple, whatever it is that I'm doing, I don't need to add five thousand steps. What is the most simplest way that I can get from point A to point B?
1: You, you hit it, Susan. That that is so. That that is so true. It is, um, it, and it's. Something you said is so interesting that we feel it's like, why do we feel the need that we've got to be totally worn out before we feel like we've, you know, had a valuable day when working smarter and working more efficiently? Working efficiently simplifies a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. because you probably cut out a half dozen steps. Yeah. So um, that it's plus it gives you more time to balance out for um, the, the the other parts of life. There is a natural process; it's called homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Homeostasis, which is sort of the natural tendency for Things to seek a certain equilibrium or balance in nature, and and we can find that e- even the human body does that. You know, if it gets injured, it immediately tries to bring it back up to a equilibrium, a, a stability place, and so it it all comes back to seeking a balance mm-hmm. for it.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, I think. Uh, these lessons are so good, and I, I love the way you laid them out, and I think that this this bonus one is is perfect because, I mean, honestly, when I look at this list, I'm like, if, if we really leaned into these things, good lordy, and then we got to try to drink a gallon of water a day, got to try to eat healthy, and then get some workouts in. It's like, when you think about all the things we're trying to do, adulting is hard a lot. It is. It is. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, before we wrap up today, I have a bonus question for you.
1: Oh, good. That's like a pop, just like a teacher, a pop quiz. Uh,
0: (laughs) So I would love to know what is the most profound failure that you've experienced in your life that led to your greatest success or led to a great success?
1: Oh, goodness, uh, Susan, that is a, that's a surprise, and that's a good question. What is the most profound failure?
0: Or a failure that really stands out in your mind that maybe at the time just felt like, oh, this just feels horrible, but it opened up a door or a, a perspective that led you to a different level of success.
1: Um. You know oh oh goodness, Susan, that is an essay question. <laughs> Good grief. You're oh my word, you your entrepreneurs, I can see that they really get challenged from you. <laughs> um I you know, thinking right now, I would have to say that it's sort of the combination as I look back. I, I look at it and I and I, I I take it that your entrepreneurs can appreciate honesty because yes. you if you can't you're you're not going to amount to a good entrepreneur, so I'm going to be very honest okay i I was i'm I'm disappointed that I had two marriages that failed mm. disappointed but not discouraged mm. there, there's a difference um I was disappointed that uh, in the startup of a business, uh, it failed,
0: mm. uh,
1: but not discouraged. Mm. So I fast forward and, you know, I retire from um, a, a wonderful job that I had. Uh, and then the question is sort of like what you put to me. It's like, is there a way that you can... As you go forward, is there a way that you can go forward and sort of rebuild, refresh, rehabilitate? Because, you know, maybe you did, uh, you wish you could, just like I said earlier, you we cannot go back. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we know what we can do today. Mm-hmm. So as I retired, it kind of stimulated a new phase overall phase of i'm going to be successful at retirement Mm -hmm. i'm going to enjoy it i asked myself the question so what what are you going to do you you're going to go become an engineer or you think you are or whatever and and it was like no i don't think i want to do that Mm -hmm. i'm going to enjoy each day i'm going to spend as much time as i can with family Mm -hmm. friends um, I'm going to read all the books that I did not get to read through mm. the years. Um, I'm going to do something creative. And that's how I kind of, you know, landed on, do I have something to say to people? Mm-hmm. Can I put it in a novel? Yeah. So, okay, I think I'll try that. And as you said, I now have a chance to do a small thing with a great amount of love when I make a, a quilt for a grandchild. Mm-hmm. And one of the missions that I have uh, that for me, you know, uh, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I have a mission that I have an, uh, a good amount of fabric, cotton fabric, quilting fabric that's stored up. So one of the things that I'm going to do is make baby quilts. So and I'm going to donate them to the local hospital, so that so that uh, there will be no child born in that hospital mm. that does not have a loving quilt to Mm. take it home, you know, and this will be for people who maybe don't have a lot of resources at the birth of a child. Oh,
0: I just love that so much. And you make the best quilts. One of my favorite quilts is is one that you made for me. And what a just thoughtful, kind act too. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you this podcast episode is going to go down in history. This is probably one of my most favorite ones that I've ever done.
1: I loved it. I loved it, Susan. And uh, I, I just have to tell you that I appreciate uh, and admire so much uh, all of the things that you have done, not only for family but for your 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 audience, uh, because it's an opportunity for you to contribute something. Uh, constructive to all the people that you know that have had the opportunity to meet you Uh, because I know that you I observed you you were um, you're a tough pioneer (laughs) I observed you growing up I saw you uh, stumble a number of times and you just kept going and I thought oh my goodness what an inspiration. Oh, well,
0: thank you. I had a good teacher. I love what you said about um, disappointed but but not discouraged, you know, and that I will say that is one thing about me. I will always get back up and keep trying. So <laughs> that's it. I just really enjoyed this conversation today and I appreciate you, you know, putting putting your spin on the most profound lesson so that we can share that gift out into the world.
1: Thank you, Susan.
0: Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Turn the Volume Up podcast. If today's episode motivated and inspired you, I hope that you'll take a moment to leave a five star review. It would mean the world to me as I continue to grow and reach more people.